Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gon. We're on to episode 25 now. And as always, Hugo, here with me today. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Gon. Although, as you very much know, I could be better. Uh, just for a bit of context for our viewers, Gon's is in Madrid this week. So we're playing a bit of paddle together. And unfortunately, after a very good streak of results prior to this week, we've now lost three on the trot. And uh, the first couple were, well, particularly the first one was a bit of a thumping. We played against the weirdest guy I've ever played against. He looked like Mace Window, Mace Window on a paddle court. And he was just honestly playing so, so well. We didn't know what to do. And yeah, last couple of games have been tough, but... Nonetheless, I know we're going to turn this around and Gons, for everyone's reference as well, is using his new Adidas bat, so Alex Reeves bat. And, I mean, it looks sick on court, but it would be good to hear your thoughts on the bat, Gons. Yeah, I mean, it looks sick on court, but it, I'd be happy if we get some wins with that because at the moment I'm 0-3, so uh, <laughs> it, it, it looks very good, but uh, I think I'd rather get some results with it. So let's see. I'm uh, I'm thinking about sending it back already. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, the easy thing to say is always to blame the bat, but uh, that's not the case. I think we've you know got to improve uh, the paddle as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely this week has not gone according to plan, especially um, after last time we played together. And yeah, that Platomic rating is taking a hit, which is not very nice to see. It's dipping faster than, uh, I don't know, Meza Ozil's footballing career, something like that. But um, to be honest, not all is negative. It's only Tuesday and you're around for the rest of the week. So I'm sure there's still plenty of paddle to be played and we'll get the big W next time we play. Yeah, exactly. You just got to take the learnings and uh, move on. But I'm sure the results will come back again thick and fast. But uh, maybe moving into some actual professional paddle, uh, <laughs> we've obviously got uh, the Menorca Open starting this week, and it's great to have paddle back. We couldn't, uh, we didn't have any paddle last week, as I believe the New Gita Premier P1 was scheduled, but obviously due to all the issues and, and conflicts in that area. Uh, it was cancelled, uh, understandably so, as the situation there is obviously far from, from ideal. Uh, but uh, yeah, now we do have paddle again, and it's a, it's a great week. It's Menorca, it's World Paddle Tour. And I think one of the interesting points of this tournament is the number of new pairs that are that are out there. Some of them are not particularly new, new as such, but they've had uh, some recent tournaments still to to play together. But I thought it would be a good opportunity to perhaps take a look at these new pairs and sort of just talk a bit more about them. I would say that it's obviously not the top players that have been moving a lot. Uh, it's more on that fringe of, let's say, the top uh, like 30 to 15 pairs uh, that, that have like changed partners. So uh, nonetheless, still quite interesting and some very good players to to discuss. The players that are very regularly amongst the the higher end of the draw and they all they all play main draw. 
so still quality quality players so yeah i think uh hugo i'm gonna start um, i think the way we can do this i'm just gonna shout some names and, and we can just assess them but uh yeah i think the first one's actually quite interesting which is pincho with salo rubio and uh arroyo and uh, salo which were together actually played an amazing last tournament uh, famously defeating Tapia and Coelho in an epic three-setter. So I'm quite surprised that, uh, yeah, that was their sort of last tournament together. And they did, I think they did announce it uh, prior to starting. I'm not sure. There, there were definitely rumours that the, the, essentially they were already going to break up. So I don't know if that sort of inspired them to to have like an epic last last dance together. But yeah, what do you think of this new pair of Salo Rubio and Pinto? Well, I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't say I'm particularly excited by it, being very frank. I think Salor Rubio, well, we've spoken a lot, of, a lot about the fact that he's probably quite underrated on tour. He's, well, reaped some good results, particularly towards the start of the season, but obviously a great tournament uh, with Arroyo in their last tournament together. And, I mean, Pincho... As we discussed during our previous pods, podcasts or episodes a couple of months ago, he formed a very solid pair and one of the longest standing pairs with Jorge Diestro. And their split was a bit of a surprise. He obviously teamed up with Cardona and things haven't gone their way. I wouldn't say they've had any interesting results in terms of beating very high-seeded pairs, if I'm not mistaken. So I can't... I don't think Pincho is, is in his best moment. He's not in his best form. I think that the one thing I would say is, for example, Pincho is great with left-sided, left-handed players. And uh, he has... That was, I would say, his most successful stint was with, with Diestro, a left-handed player himself. And... Uh, Obviously, I think he he has essentially gone back to to that mainly because Pincho, as we know, is a very small player. He's a player that has to win the point repeatedly. He doesn't have a great smash. He's not great in the air. So I think he can't essentially bear the weight of the offense constantly, and he needs someone like Salo Rubio that can also, let's just say, offensively take a lot of the points and a lot of the volume of the game. So I think that is definitely a more positive um, for Pincho, but uh, but yeah, I think um, they they've both proven that they can get decent results, obviously. Um, but yes, it's not the definitely not of the new pairs like the most exciting one. And uh, I guess the next one, which would be Salo's old partner. Edu Alonso and Gonzalo Arroyo? Yeah, so actually, again, I wouldn't say I'm incredibly excited in terms of I don't think they're going to achieve sensational results. I think that Arroyo, there's a lot of expectation around him. I think a lot of people are expecting big things from him, similar to Cardona, and I don't think either of them performing at the level that people were expecting them to be performing. Already, I know they're young, but yeah, I'm, I'm still 
seeking to see more consistency, particularly in Arroyo's game, much like in, in Cardona's. However, Edu Alonso, I think he's quite a consistent player. Obviously, normally forehand players, I'd say, more consistent. It's just that their peaks are slightly lower than backhand players because they take fewer risks. And Edu Alonso has been playing really well with Juan Luesbri. We were both, well, talking about the fact and highlighting how well they, they've been playing together. And although I do think Esbury has a slightly higher ceiling and is a slightly better player at the moment overall than Edu Alonso, I do think that Edu Alonso and Alex Arroyo could do well together also because they're mates. So they used to play together when they were younger. They spent some time on court together. I'm sure that'll help them. Well, we've seen how much that's helped the Super Pibes. So, yeah, slightly more excited about them than about Salo Rubio and Pincho. If I had to give a score, maybe in and around a five, I'd say. So not riveting, but um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the good thing about this pair, I'd say, is that they're very opposite pairs, uh, very opposite players, sorry. So Edu Alonso is sure his defensive game is his best attribute. He's a hard worker, whereas Arroyo is tall. He's got a big smash a good volley, he's an aggressive player. So if they manage to work in sync, we've seen how well pairs do when players are kind of the opposite and basically have what their teammate doesn't have. So yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on this pair, Gons. Yeah, I think it's exciting for someone like Edu Alonso to start, I guess, being put together with names like Arroyo, who has... I would say a bit more experience on tour and and definitely been playing at a higher level for for longer. So I think it's just a step in the right direction for for Edu Alonso, who has shown a lot of promise alongside Esbury. Obviously, both just very very young players and and have now gone their their separate ways, probably to just gain a bit more experience with with uh just a, I guess a a higher ranked player. But uh, yeah, I I. I do think that still very much the ceiling is probably round the 16 quarterfinals if that is if they manage to break through. But uh, I, I definitely feel like they've got a higher ceiling than Salo Rubio and, and Pincho. And I think in addition to the fact that they're both relatively young, they still got more of their game to develop. And I think that as opposed to um, Pincho and Fallow, which I think their games are pretty much set and it's very hard to to essentially change how, how they'll play and, and sort of their shots and stuff like that. I think there's definitely more room for for Edu and, and Arroyo to do that. I think that Arroyo just needs to be a bit more consistent. As you've highlighted, he's very good in the air, but just lacks that consistency. So if he's able to do that, then I, I don't see why why they can't sort of just be in around that round of 16 quarterfinal spot. But yeah, nowadays, obviously, it's just so tough out there with so many great pairs and and the top, top ones just not missing a beat, essentially, and, and always being there. So unless there are any particularly uh, changes, then I can't just see them breaking through uh, as such. But I think it's definitely a good experience for, for Edu Alonso. And uh, and we'll also be interested to see uh, how Arroyo develops uh, alongside him. 
Um, and then that means that we go to our next pair, which I want to hear your thoughts on this one, because I think arguably this could be the most exciting one, which is um, Esbri and Campagnolo. Interesting. Well, I just wanted to go back very quickly to, I wanted to highlight that I don't think my analysis of Thalorugia and Pincho was particularly great. But as I say, it's because I, I'm not having huge expectations on them, just just to give a bit of clarity, because I don't think Pincho's form has been very good. And because I think Thalo Rubio is probably a slight level above Pincho right now, particularly in terms of his current performances. And I just wanted to ask you a question, given the two first pairs that we discussed. Funnily enough, I do agree Edu Alonso and Arroyo have a higher ceiling than Tararuyo and uh, Pincho. However, who do you think would win if they played? Because I actually think it might be Tararuyo and Pincho. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think in a one-off match, it could be very very well the case that Tararuyo and Pincho are just more consistent and they've obviously got that experience. And it very much depends, I think, like I mentioned, on Arroyo and how consistent he is. But in terms of higher, have a, having a higher ceiling, I definitely see Edo Alonso and, and Arroyo having a higher ceiling. But yes, if we if we if we bet, if I had to bet all my money on a single one of just game between them, I'd probably go with uh, Arroyo. Sorry, not Arroyo, Salo uh, and Pinto. Interesting, right? That's exactly what I was thinking. And that's why yeah. I wanted to to kind of bring it back very quickly to that. I don't know what the viewers think. But yeah, in terms of Esbri and Campagnolo, yeah, very exciting pair. I think Campagnolo has been unfortunate due to injuries this season, but he was playing some really good paddle with Javi Garrido in particular. And he's just such a consistent player, Campagnolo. You know what you're getting from him. He's powerful. He's played on the backhand before, so he can move around the whole court and he's got a surprisingly good smash for a player that plays on the forehand side of the court obviously that's probably down to the fact that he's played on the backhand quite a lot as well and Esbury is one of the most interesting young prospects at least in my eyes that Paddle has today I really really like him I think he's got every shot and even though his aerial threat isn't as powerful as other backhand players I think they're going to form a really really good pair so very excited to see how they fare hopefully Gampagnola is fully back from his pretty serious injury because that's what it's really been towards the end of the day he had a tear in, in his muscle and it was quite a deep tear like various centimeters so very glad to have him back so yeah in terms of how excited I am I'd say probably seven or eight out of ten in terms of ceiling, in terms of where do I think they're normally going to sit, I think if they hit the quarterfinals consistently, that would be considered a good result for them. Will we see them move past the semifinals? Well, given how well the top three seeds are playing, I think it's going to be tough. But hey, you never know. Gons, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is a great chance for Esbri to showcase his talent and uh, to challenge at the top. I think he's. we've seen the potential that he has. Um, 
I would say I slightly disagree with your analysis in in terms of the overheads. I do think that he can hit the ball really hard, and and I do think that his overhead game is definitely up there to be one of the best with with the left-handed players. Like I I as in I don't think he lacks that, and I definitely think. No, that... I wouldn't say I wasn't saying he's lacking that. It's just when you compare him with the top top seeds, right? And you're thinking the Galan, the Tapia, Estupa. Yeah. Even players slightly further down, Paquito, it's just, you know, the, the real, their, their smash is probably more powerful. Although Esby, he's not particularly tall and he does have a surprisingly yeah. good smash. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, yeah, he's definitely not on, on those kind of left-sided players level. But uh, I think more than the smash, I think it's more like the other sort of, like just shots of their game, things like, defending things like volleying and stuff like that but but yeah obviously he's still got like a, a lot to go and he's shown a lot of potential but he admittedly hasn't gotten the best results as well this year alongside Edu Alonso and obviously it's been very tough they're both very young and now that he's with Campagnolo he, he can definitely showcase his potential as you were mentioning Campagnolo his he was having his best uh, his best part of the season right before he got injured, which is such a shame, but hopefully he can pick that back up again. And uh, I think they were going to be very exciting to watch in terms of the paddle. I think they're both very aggressive players. So it will be very exciting to see them. And uh, yeah, I think that the, out of the sort of pairs that are, that have like switched, I mean, maybe taking away Garrido and Momo, I think that they're the ones that have got like the highest ceiling and, and the most potential. And uh, I think it's also a great time for SB that someone like Campagnolo, who's been so good and so established in the tour, has decided to to pair up with him. I think that just shows how much potential he has. So, uh, yeah, I think very excited to, to watch this pair. Um, and I think now we can move on perhaps to other pairs, which are not going to be, let's just say that they're just pairing up for the short term. I think this is most likely, well, because of injuries to their respective partners. But I think that they're exciting nonetheless. And um, I'm going to start with the two Argentinians who've just been playing actually the Panamericano, um, Alex Chotas and Lucho Capra. Well, very exciting actually because... They're both so talented. So I think it's going to be one of the, those pairs where when it's their day, they can, I wouldn't say beat anyone. Well, you know what? Yes, maybe they could because they're so talented. We've seen Lucho Cabra beat pretty much anyone. And I've heard a lot of interviews about players saying how uncomfortable it is to play against Lucho Cabra because he's so unpredictable. And obviously he's also a lefty. And Chofas, he's very, very talented. He's just playing better and better. He's clearly the leader of his pair when he he's obviously recently been playing with Alvaro Febero and they've been consistently making the main draw of World Paddle Tour events and Premier Paddle events. So I'm quite excited to watch them. Obviously, Gabra is at the moment a far better player, far more consistent player than Chothas. But Chothas has been doing better and better and I think there's a lot of expectations around him and I have a feeling that they're not wrong. I just have a feeling that he does have that magic in him. So very excited to watch them. Obviously sad to 
know that the reason behind it is Maxi Sanchez injury. He's had to have an operation, so hopefully that all goes well and he recovers quickly. But yeah, quite an exciting pair. And obviously they're both Argentinian and Argentinians love a bit of flair. So looking forward to watching them. But as I say, it's one of those pairs who they lose in the first round against a normal pair. It wouldn't be surprising. And if they then go and make the quarterfinals or even the semifinals, beating one of the big dogs, one of the top three pairs, it's not, obviously it would surprise me, but I could see them doing it. Yeah, I think special shout out, I think, to Alex Chotas, who, as you were mentioning, has been playing extremely well with Cepero. They've been incredibly consistent in terms of just being at the main draws all basically all tournaments and even advancing and, and making it to second rounds and and I think that he's a player that he's very exciting to watch. He's very tall, he's very physical. He's sort of your I would say in terms of physique, he's your just modern backhanded player. And uh, he's obviously got that flair as well. So as you say, I think always with these sort of players what the main issue for them is just that consistency and um, how well they can they can deal in, in defence and under pressure. But in terms of shot-making ability, I think he's he's got everything. So it'll be very interesting to see how him and Cabra do in... I'm, I'm assuming that they'll be playing in quite a few tournaments towards the end of the season, as, uh, as you mentioned, Maxi Sanchez has, has had to undergo surgery and, and he'll be out for, for quite a while. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a great opportunity as well to, for him to to I guess just get more wins, get more points, and potentially set himself up for twenty twenty four with with another very decent very decent pair. So uh, I think they'll be very exciting to watch nonetheless because just they're both very offensive and very creative. Uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be very exciting. Um, and then the next one, which I think also be quite interesting is Mike Janguas and Victor Ruiz. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, out of all the pairs that we've discussed, these are probably the most exciting for me because, well, you know how much I love Janguas, not just because he's from Madrid and obviously I'm, my mum's from an area very close to Madrid and I feel like a bit of a bond with Janguas, but I just genuinely think he has the potential to become one of the best players of the world. I know he already is, but I think he, he's very close to pushing into that maybe top five drive players. And that's even taking into account how, well, how competitive the, the tour and paddle is at the moment. And Victor Ruiz, how many times have we watched him and Benjamini cause upsets this season? And we've just watched them play so well together. And Victor Ruiz, taking probably most of the weight in those matches and in that pair with Bergamini, not taking anything away from Bergamini. Yeah, I love him. He's a sensational forehand player and he's been playing right at the top of his game. But Victor Ruiz, sometimes I've watched him and he's dominated players like Bella and players like, well, they beat Goya and Tapia this season, which not many people can say. So very, very excited to watch that. Obviously, it will probably be for a few well, if it's due to, the thing is, it's due to both Bella's injury and he's having an operation and he'll be out for a few tournaments and also due to Bergamini's injury. I don't know the extent of Bergamini's injury, so I don't know how long they'll be 
playing together. But it's the kind of pair that I'd love to watch more. And I almost hope they do play a couple of tournaments together. And yeah, just, just very excited. I think they could do really well. Yeah, I think it's the sort of pair that you could see end up together, potentially. Uh, and look, I don't know what Bellas and, and Yango's sort of plan is, but evidently Bella is just getting older and older and he won't be playing um, forever. And I think he's even highlighted, right, that probably 2024 is his last year. Uh, yeah, he in, did say that, yeah. Yeah, in some interviews. So I'm pretty sure that Yangwas is already thinking ahead and sort of scouting and potentially reaching out to players uh, to see if they would sort of pair up and team up with him. And I think Victor Ruiz is definitely one of the, those candidates. He's um, he's just as, as electrifying as you can be as a backhander player. He's just so solid in the air and uh, defensively as well. So I think they can they can do a lot of damage. And I think that they suit each other's game quite well. I think that given he's now been with Bergamini for a while and you've sort of alluded to it, Bergamini is obviously way better of a defensive player, but he's not, he doesn't bring as many things offensively to the table as Yangwas does. So I think it will be interesting to see how Victor Ruiz adapts to that because potentially Yangwas is now going to be taking up more balls than than sort of Victor has been used to. But at the same time, I think with someone like Victor, um, that is necessary because I think one of the things that potentially has been lacking from his side is very high peaks, but then just dropping off uh, within matches and within tournaments. And they've obviously playing loads of games and stuff like that. So I guess the more that the game can be shared between both players, uh, the better it will be with him, the better it will be for him in terms of a physical point of view. And I think Dangwas definitely gives him this option. So uh, I think I sort of agree with you. I think they're, they're the most exciting pair. And I think out of all sort of these, um, let's say, temporary pairs, I think they're the ones that, that could potentially just become like an actual pair in, in the future. Agreed. And I think there's just one other pair that we haven't mentioned. And obviously, it seems like it's only going to be temporary. And we'll just talk about them very quickly. Cardona and Javi Ruiz. What are your thoughts, Gons? Yeah, I think this is quite similar to Salo Rubio and uh, Pinto Fernandez. I think that Javi Ruiz has obviously been on the tour for ages i don't think that he's necessarily playing his best paddle and uh, you can definitely see that from a physical point of view he's um yeah he, he's probably suffering quite a bit just compared to the rest of the tour and cardona i mean yeah um yeah <laughs> he's definitely had like a, a big fall i think there was so much hype and expectation when they started the season alongside uh, Ivancho and they had like an amazing start. But honestly, since they split, he's just not been performing well at all. A lot of pair changes. And um, and yeah, I've, I've sort of been a bit let down because I was expecting a lot more from him. So I'm not sure in addition to which Javier Ruiz is sort of the player that sort of suits him the most. Uh, I think that he needs 
potentially somewhere a bit more offensively and, and someone younger. So I, I think out of all the pairs out there, it's probably the worst one, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you. I'm not saying they can't achieve good results. Javier Ruiz is a very consistent player, even though he's not been playing that well recently. And we've seen him pull some upsets. I'm actually quite a fan of Javier Ruiz. I think he's slightly underrated. And as I say, he you know what you're getting with him. The problem is, is just Cardona, since he split from Rancho that first time, he's been having a pretty poor season. I think when you constantly switch pairs, it's a bad sign. And there's a lot of expectations around him. Obviously, he's one of the big bets for Adidas Paddle. See, they sponsor him and they use him in their videos and their marketing consistently. He hasn't proved it for me, at least. He seems a bit too hot-headed in games sometimes. And yeah, I, I, I don't have huge expectations regarding this pair. So I think this is probably a good analysis. And just given that we don't have that long, and before we move on to the race and predictions for Menorca, I wanted to make a quick mention to our confirmed female number one seeded pair for this 2023 season. So Ali Sanchez and Paula Jose Maria. They have won 13 World Paddle Tour tournaments. Obviously, I'm referring to the fact that they will finish the World Paddle Tour rankings as the number one seeded pair. That's already confirmed. And as I say, They've won 13 tournaments, having played 14 finals. So they've only lost one final. And they are the pair that's won the most trophies in a single season in World Paddle Tour. So pretty epic. And congrats to them. It was amazing to watch them live when they won here in Madrid, when they won the World Paddle Tour Master. They just worked so well in sync. And... Yeah, just super happy for them because they're hard workers and they deserve it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think a special shout-out is to you and they've been playing amazing all season. They haven't really had any downs. They've never really be, been in a position where realistically the, the number one spot was contended. I think they've always been in control since the beginning and uh, yeah I think that's just a testament to to their mentality and they're clearly just both the the best players on on the female tour with without a doubt I think only potentially when Gemma and and Ale Salazar were together there was obviously a bit more more balanced but since since then it's just basically been all uh, Ari and, and Paula so yeah, it's pretty crazy that they've already sort of clinched that number one spot. But uh, yeah, and to be honest, I don't necessarily see that changing anytime soon. No, I mean, Bea Gonzalez and Delphi Urea have been playing really well. and They've won a couple of tournaments, but I don't see them challenging consistently. Exactly. And same with Driay and uh, Martita. So yeah, congrats to them. <laughs> But um, time for the race, right, Gons? Exactly. Time for the race, which we haven't done in a while. Obviously, there's been uh, a lot of tournaments, which which haven't been... We haven't had a tournament in a while, it feels like, at least. 
but yeah, we're we're back with the race. Um, Hugo is with seventy five points at the moment, and I'm with sixty four points. So it also looks like you might have clinched it. But you know, we're we're here. There's still some tournaments left, and uh, could be could be time for for a big comeback from me. But uh, yeah, we obviously <laughs> heading into the Menorca Open, and I'm gonna leave it to you, Hugo. What are your thoughts? Fantastic. Well, um, yeah, very excited for Menorca. I've missed paddle, to be honest. I'm not liking these cancellations. But I'll delve straight into my predictions. So I'll start off by saying that I think Fabian Cuello will confirm themselves as a number one seeded pair for the 2023 season after this tournament, because I think they're going to win it. I think they'll make the semifinals alongside Nieto and Sant. And the second semifinal will be Galan Lebron against Stupa and Dineno. No surprises there. I think Tapian Coelho will beat Nieto Sanz two sets to love. And I think Galan and Lebron will lose to Stupa and Dineno. I'll go for two sets to one. And then the big final, Super Pibes against Tapian Coelho. I think the Bombarderos will wouldn't, I wouldn't say smash it. I think it'll be a tight game, but I do think they'll win two sets to love. And yeah, win Menorca, confirm number one rank for the 2023 season and happy days for us, right? <laughs> Indeed. And uh, I'm going to go with my prediction. So in the first semi-final, I'm going to go with Tapia Coelho. And I'm going to go slightly different here because I feel like I can win some points with Chingoto and Navarro. And then in the second semi-final, I also think that Galan and Lebron will face Tupandineno. Uh, the first semi-final, I think Tapian Coelho will win. I'm going to go with two sets to one. And in the second semi-final, I think the Super Viewers are going to win two sets to love. And ultimately, I think the final is also going to go Tapian Coelho's way by winning two sets to one, as I generally cannot see them not clinching the number one uh, this season after everything that they've gone through. So, yeah, that's uh, maybe a bit of wishful thinking, but uh, those are my <laughs> predictions. It definitely is on my behalf because it seems like Menorca will be a relatively slow court, which obviously favours the Super Pibes a lot. But I just think when things aren't in Dabian Coya's favour, it's when they fare the best. Anyway, time to say goodbye once again. Indeed. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks very much. Pleasure as always, Gons. Have a great week, guys.